Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We are back in the studio on another cold and chilly day in Kansas City. But we got a lot of hot topics to keep you warm. Let's we're gonna jump into the latest in Kansas football after a wild weekend that was packed with anxiety among the fan base with Lance Leipold rumors and lots of false reporting. The Jayhawks have made a nice portal run. We'll get the latest on recruiting. We'll also hear from Javier Derrett, the DL, the defensive lineman, excuse me, DL, who committed to KU from the transfer portal. And we're going to have some audio from four-star recruit Andrew Babalola, the standout tackle from Blue Valley Northwest after his visit to Lawrence this weekend. And of course, the Jayhawks are back on track on the hardwood with the win over the Oklahoma Sooners. Before we get into that, hey, it's the perfect time to bring in my man Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Shea, are you staying warm? I'm nice and cozy here over in Olathe, man. Nice and cozy. Uh, I was at Arrowhead Saturday, so I'm thawed out, and uh, it's good to be back in the studio. Hey, you know what? You, you're you are a, a better man than me that you made it out there on Saturday. I just I I had offers, I couldn't do it. We already had my wife and I already had a thing planned for that night, but woo the the pictures and seeing how much fun people were having out there, I just kept looking at her saying that that could be us, but you're playing. So could have gone, man. Listen, it, we, we Kemper and I had a great time. If you Kirby knows this, when you have kids, man, the peer pressure is real. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to say no. At least it is for me. So, but I only got one of them. So it's not like I got to double up or anything. I have the one, and you know, if he wants to do something with dad, I'm all for it. So we had a good time. That's awesome. Speaking of Kirby, let me go ahead and bring in my man John Kirby on the Kansas Football Beat, the publisher of Jayhawk Slant. John, how's how's your winter weather treating you today? Well, today, uh, it hasn't been great since a guy just came out and looked at our frozen pipes upstairs in our boys' bathroom. Thank heavens they both headed back to KU, so we, we got some time. But the guy goes, yeah, well, you know, we need to get in there and cut your wall out and put some insulation back in there and then put the wall back together. I'm going, it's always something, man. I've learned that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the boys, for the last couple of days, it, it's been frozen, so they, they've been showering in our shower and... Uh, you know, I got to tell you guys this, and Shay, I know you're going through this because I just saw where they've already canceled school and pretty much everywhere in Kansas City for Tuesday. I day feel, off. I feel like these kids have been out forever, right? I mean, like like my <laughs> boys got back here. I want to say they got back here like the second week of December from KU, and my oldest just went back. I'm telling. I told my wife, I feel like they've been home for three months. <laughs> right. I mean, As someone said today, and this might be wrong, but I thought I saw today on the the book of faces that K State's not having school tomorrow. Oh well, wow. you know I I um 
it's funny you say this, I, and I, I won't name the name, but I, I was talking to a, a staffer on KU's football staff. And, you know, these guys are from Buffalo, right? Uh-huh. I mean, they came from Buffalo. So, you know, these guys are like, they canceled school around here? For that, these guys, these guys are like, man, in Buffalo, four inches of snow, you're going to school. There is no question about it, but no, it just, it does. It seems like they've been out forever. And you know what I did the other day too? God, and I feel so bad. Well, I'll I'll tell you when it was, I'll be honest with you. And, and you guys know how this gets yesterday. I let my dogs out. Okay. Mm -hmm. My wife was gone and my boys were upstairs doing something. I don't know what it was. And I'm getting phone calls, man. I got the Lance Leipold thing going, and I mean, it's it's touch and go. And you know, I've got stuff happening on the phone and everything. And and all of a sudden, I hear my dogs. I go downstairs. I hear the dogs. I go, crap. You know, usually we sit there and make sure the dogs are taken care of when it's this cold. And, you forgot the dogs. Well, Sir, I let them. You better not have left those. You better not have left Pepper and uh and Hank outside. <laughs> well, they, oh, well, they oh. weren't outside for long because I heard them bark and I bolted back oh, upstairs. But they were probably out for maybe, I don't know, five to seven minutes. But my point is that they were out there and we make a concerted effort to know that they're out there. Mm-hmm. But dude, when I got the Lance thing going yesterday, man, my focus is all on that. It's not on the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel bad, but they're, they're all good. Everything's good and hope everybody's staying warm and surviving this, uh, this cold going around. And here's, here's the, here's the last thing too. Speaking of parents, like I'm a, I'm, I've got all these Facebook, these Olathe Facebook pings and a lot of parents get upset when school is canceled. You know, they, Oh, they want it 24 hours in advance. And you guys, but imagine sitting out at a bus station, a bus stop for 10 minutes in this weather. I know we talk about toughness. It's cold. It is. Yeah, no, it is. It is flat cold. cold. There ain't no lie. Right. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, like, Kempernet, we're right across the street in Kimber Drive, so he's never taken the bus, but I wouldn't want my kid out there for eight or ten minutes in this weather. It's too cold. I got up this morning when I made my quick trip run to get my iced tea that I start the day with every day. I have never seen the temperature that low on my car. I did not know the thermometer would show minus 12. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I just sat there for a second and looked at it because I was like, well, wait a minute. I thought I thought Saturday was supposed to be as cold as it got. No, no. It was it was colder this morning than it was Saturday or Sunday. And I was I was just in shock. And then when I, I, I got an alert in the office today on my desktop, it was like. Temperature increasing. It got to zero. I was like, oh, my gosh, we're back to zero. It It, it has just been absolutely absurd. And. You know, you talk about the frozen pipe thing. We've got that going on right now. The pipes to our our washer and dryer uh, are frozen up, so that's all kinds of fun. I was I actually had to thaw the using a hairdryer. I had to thaw the valves to get them defrosted enough that I could actually shut them off. I mean, it, it's been just unbelievable. But you know, we've gone on about the cold weather for long enough. You know, Shay, let's let's talk about something try to get people going in a little bit better direction you know at the same time though we've talked about a lot of cold and maybe we just keep going with something cold what about the jayhawks going to ucf and losing and getting the court stormed down there their first visit ever ucf those are the kind of games that that you're going to need for the league race and that was it was not a good look for this kansas program 
No, you you listen, and Bill Self would be the first to tell you this. That's a game you do not and you cannot lose. I'm not going to use any four letter words. I'm not going to use any. I'm I'm not going to get too specific. But that's you're not going to say them, but you're thinking them. Right. I mean, <laughs> and I and I even heard a lot of people, and I hate to use the word choke. I do. I heard a lot of people on Twitter, and I and I even asked Bill and, and Hunter about this. You guys, you know this better than anybody. When this team loses, it's like the world's ending. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. You go to the message boards. You go to Twitter. You. I mean, it's. I have friends call me, and it's over. We're dying. The sun won't r- rise tomorrow. Um, but that's really that golden that, that's era a, over, as right, we see over. on the football board from time right. to time. That's a game you. You're up 16 with three and a half minutes to go. Okay, you cannot lose that game. You can't. They. You know, 18 turnovers. You know, Hunter picked up a foul late. Um, and they just they. What's the word? They, they they stumbled and they they didn't respond well, um, and I, it was it was a catastrophic loss. It's something you just it, it can't happen. If you're up 16 on the road to a team, I believe that was predicted to finish last in the Big 12 or near the bottom of the barrel, you have to close. And they didn't. You know they got a lead late. I think uh, it was uh, Johnny Furphy had the dunk that Bill loved. Call it one of the most athletic plays they've had since they've been there. Um, or maybe the most athletic play, and you get up one. You know, UCF comes right down the sc- court and scores, and you know, KU doesn't get back, get the lead back again. So it's it's a. Now you got to go. You got two road games this week. Now you got to go steal one on the road and even that out. And and that's all you can do. I mean, that's a that's a loss when you look back on. It could potentially be the difference between winning the league and losing the league, and that's that's simply a game you cannot lose at all. You know, KU led for I think 21 minutes. They had a 16 point lead. Um, every statistical category, I think minus turnovers, um, you know, they shot 51% from the field to UCF's 42. Um, they did everything right, except turn the ball over and make plays late. And, um, obviously they paid for it. But then they were able to get back on the winning track with the win on Saturday over the Sooners. Talk about the game against Oklahoma and, and, and what was the top 10 showdown really? Right, yeah, yeah. KU, I thought, you know, I thought, especially that first half, KU played really well. Had a chance to crack Oklahoma, um, you know, led by one at the half. And, and the second half really played extremely well. Outscored Oklahoma 40-29. to 29. And here's the thing. This is what happens with this team, Randy. When you don't turn the ball over, you have success. And that's what, two turnovers, which I believe was a program record. Um, it was. You know, and, and Hunter, Hunter was great, 24-14, and 14, uh, tied a career high with five blocks. Um, you know, Kevin McCuller, who still isn't shooting the ball well, but is getting to the free throw line. He was 10 of 11 from the free throw line. You, you know, K.J. Adams playing his game 5 of 14, but he was 5 of 5 from the free throw line. Another double-double. Yeah, Johnny Fur- – and, and here's the thing, Randy. I still don't know what they're going to do with that four spot. Um, I know, obviously, Johnny came in and started over El Marco. Um, to me, you know, if you if you look at – just going back to that UFC, UCF lost, you know, El Marco doesn't score the whole game. If he has his average or maybe right above that – KU wins that game. He doesn't score at all. So you know what you're going to get from the big three. But if you're on the road tomorrow in Stillwater or Saturday in, in Morgantown and your back's up against the wall, you know what you're going to get from the three guys. Generally you know, you, speaking, you, you know, Dewan Harrison, I loved it. He had the eight assists, um, you know, but he's three of ten from the field. That floater mm-hmm. that he had last year when he was running in the lane or that baseline drive when he would reverse it and go up and under – those shots aren't falling. He's got a, He's shooting almost 50% from the three, maybe even a little bit higher. I'd have to go look. He's a guy that needs to look to score offensively if this team is going to be successful. He's got yep. to. And I'm not talking about just the floater in the lane or the drive to the basket. When he's open, and a lot of times he's just passing up open looks, 
True. I mean, like, why don't like shots you and I would love to have? Mm-hmm. I mean, just no, no one's, no one's giving it, paying him any attention. If if KU's going to have the type of season that, that they expect to have, he's going to have to score the ball. It just can't always be KJ. It can't always be Hunter, and it can't always be Kevin. You know that, and and poor, you know, and I and I and I feel bad saying this, but you know, poor Nicholas Timberlake. And, and I'm not one to ever get on and and, and uh, you know openly root for anybody. But this is a kid that that came here has never been to an NCAA tournament. Um, you know, never really experienced any type of um, postseason success at that level. And now here he is playing for the number three team in America, visited UConn, visited Kansas, visited Carolina, and he's it's not working out for him. I mean, he's a guy the staff expected to come in and play a major role, be that fourth guy. And, you know, so far, he, you know, he hasn't had any luck. Marco hasn't had any luck. And, you know, Johnny's kind of been off and on. So yeah, I'm interested to see moving forward, especially with the big trip tomorrow, to kind of see what that happens with that fourth spot. You mentioned the road trip tomorrow, obviously heading to Stillwater, and then you talked about the, the heading to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. What are you looking for in these next two? I mean, what are the if if you had to point to two things, what are the two biggest things you want to see in those two games to show that this squad is maybe starting to to right the ship a bit? I think you got you got to get back to playing Kansas basketball. You know, I think you got to get off to a quick start. You can't go into an environment. Listen, Kansas has gotten off to some really slow starts. They've been extremely poor turning the ball over at times. And turnovers are one thing, but like unforced, uncontested turnovers have absolutely killed this team. I just want Kansas to go out and play Kansas basketball. You got to get Hunter Dickinson involved early and often. I mean, he's a guy that 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 not many teams can match up against. Um, you know, they need to get out and they need to hit some shots. You can't expect Hunter Dickinson and and Kevin McCuller and you know because KJ Adams he's a guy that's always going to score around the basket. You, you can't expect all the baskets to be scored around the basket. All the points you got to be able to hit shots. You got to be able to take some pressure off the offense. You have to be able to uh, you know take some pressure off Hunter and you've got to be able to hit some shots. So I just want to come out and see him play confident because I here's the thing they're going into Stillwater tomorrow knowing. Um, not all of them, but but Bill Self will explain the history that that's a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of luck there. So you need to just completely erase that from your memory. You need to completely wipe that. Because for me, Randy, if, if I'm a guy that goes into a situation knowing that it's going to be – like here's here's a kind of a bad example. Like I hate flying. I do. I mean I, I hate getting on a plane. I would rather drive 24 hours. And my first thought is when I'm getting on a plane that bad things are going to happen and I can't let that go. True. So I got to just completely wipe that out of my memory. So for can they just got to go in, understand that whatever's happened in the past, it still waters in the past, and they got to go out, defend, hit shots, take care of the basketball, and be assertive. You know, they need to dictate the pace, they need to dictate the flow, and just play Kansas basketball. So I think you got to. The thing that you can't do is you can't drop both games, and I don't think they will. The thing you want to do is you want to win the first one, and get to Morgantown on Saturday with a chance to go two and zero coming back home and so I, I just think that's that's what they need to do i think you know kevin needs to hit shots i mean you know, i think dewan needs to start being more aggressive offensively from behind the arc you know kj needs to keep playing kj basketball avoid foul trouble um avoid silly, silly turnovers and you need to know that when things are going bad you know when you kind of do um when you do hit that rock or that storm or when you're you know you're facing some adversity you need to keep the huddle tight um, you know, you need to weather the storm and understand that while things are bad early on, that they're not always going to be that way and, and just come out and play Kansas basketball. Shay, let's wrap this thing up. Any recent developments in recruiting or any new names that you're following right now? Yeah, yeah they had they had a couple visitors. Um, and this is a good one. Jalen Montanati, whose dad, Brian 
played at Oklahoma State. Uh, he's the number eight ranked player in the class of 2026. Uh, 6'7", seven, small forward was in town for the UCLA game, or I'm sorry, the TCU game, along with Aiden. Um, Grenot, excuse me, I'm going to butcher this last name. Cronister. I'm a six foot seven, 170 uh, pound shooting guard from um, Arkansas. And I, you know what, you guys? Um, Jalen has an offer from Kansas. Is very high on Kansas. I think now, if you look at it, you know, five star small forward played for USA basketball. Um, you know, right now to me, it looks like it's probably going to be Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Aiden doesn't have an offer from Kansas yet. Um, but I know he loves Kansas. He told me he's waiting for an offer. The the, the thing that surprises me, Randy, in all of this is, and I, I know the the deadline has passed that they didn't add anybody late. You know, I figured mm-hmm. that they would add people late, uh, at least add a guy, maybe somebody from overseas late. Um, they didn't. So now I expect them to just kind of keep bringing guys in um, for unofficial visits, um, you know, keep bringing in some um, underclassmen, and they will continue to keep an eye on on the transfer portal for sure. That's our man, Shea Wildeboer on the basketball beat. Shea, thanks a lot for joining us. Oh, you guys have a good night. Stay warm, man. That's Shea Wildeboer from the Allen Fieldhouse Suite. We're going to switch gears now, go Kansas football, bring in our man, John Kirby. John, there has been so much, so much happening in regard, in at a time where it was supposed to be a, really the first relaxing weekend for Kansas football in a while, uh, with one recruiting visit and a small group of, of juniors in for the first junior day, but I, I would say you definitely earned your money. What a wild 48 hours following the news of Lance Leipold being a candidate for the job at the University of Washington. Yeah, Randy, it was, um, you never know how these things are going to go. You know, um, I, I joke with people that, that I consider myself a professional when it comes to covering coaches searches. I mean, when you cover KU football, you get pretty good at these, man. You, you develop pretty, some pretty good sources and that people is to talk to. True. I mean, God, you know, the history of Kansas football and going after coaches, um, you know, it just never stops. But, hey, listen, I, I, you know, this thing was real, all right? And, you know, I know there was anxiety and for about a 36-hour span there. The people on the board were looking for answers. And, and th- this is what I believe, Randy. It's, you know, I know the reports that said, hey, Lance Leipold, turned down the job or got the job offer. I I don't think he ever let it get far enough to get the job offer, but I do think that if Lance Leipold really wanted to be the head coach at Washington, he probably could have been the head coach at Washington. Okay. But you know, I think in the end, I think Lance Leipold knows what's going on at Kansas. He's got new facilities. He's been in on some of those meetings and help with those things. The the administration supports him. I mean, it's well documented. He's even got things in his contract that, you know, if Travis Goff were to leave, his buyout drops in half. And he he has the support from the chancellor. And Randy, there's you can't put a price on a situation, okay? We can talk about coaches' salaries and what they make and things like that, but you cannot put a price on what Lance Leipold has going at Kansas, and this is his show, okay? True. Nobody messes with Lance Leipold. People see what he can do. They've seen the program he can build, and people, for the most part, stay out of his way. And I'm just saying, you don't always get that at every school, okay? And, you know, people were asking me, over the weekend, God, what do you think? You know, they even asked me, what about his family? You know, and I'm like, he loves Lawrence. His family likes Lawrence, okay? I mean, 
I've seen Kelly Leipold around the program all the time. I mean, she's so supportive. She's a class act. You know, Landon, his son's going to be a senior next year at Free State. He's already starting to pull in some college offers. I hear he really likes being there. So, you know, there's, there's a community there that they know have embraced them. And like I said, there's a value to that that you sometimes you don't see from the outside somebody that's not around here you know i had several people in the industry uh reporters reaching out i mean come on kirby i mean he's got to take the washington job if it's really offered outside of kansas randy i mean washington just played the national championship okay yeah so i mean people are on their way to the big 10 right now i mean people are like come on man like you're crazy, Washington against Kansas. And I, I try to tell people, you guys don't understand what he has going here and what he's building here. So, you know, it, here's the bottom line. Okay, we, we can sit here and talk about what the situation was and what ifs, but in the end, okay, I believe where, what Lance Leipold has going, where he knows he can take this, the support he has, the relationship with Travis Goff in the administration – being embraced by the community. I think all these things play into factor. And I'll be honest with you, I, I think Lance Leipold shut it down. I just think he said, hey, now, now I do think there were probably some conversations in the last couple nights with he and Travis Goff about, you know, these are some things that other programs do. Or, you know, I, I heard the, this weekend, I heard Washington has $6 million in NIL for their football program. Okay? Oh. KU isn't near that, all right? So these are things, I don't think this comes down to paying Lance Leipold more money. Lance Leipold can retire, okay? When he's done with Kansas, he can retire, go to the beach, go wherever he wants. He'll never have to work again. His family will probably never have to work again if they ever, you know, they won't need to, okay? Mm -hmm. So the money's no big deal, but I really believe this. And and I, I've said this on the board, and this has been a hot topic. We had Mitt Winter on last week about NIL. Yep. And and this is this is easy for me to say because in my profession, in what I do with contacting recruits and being in that, I, I can't donate to the university. Okay. I'm an alum of Kansas, but I have to keep my nose clean with the NCAA and and I, you steer clear of that, okay? But mm-hmm. but it's it's easy for me to say when it's hidden my money. But I'm telling you, this NIL thing is a big deal, okay? And, I, you know, I think it's out there, and we've talked about it enough. You know, they didn't offer any money to any of these portal players that they were able to get. So, you know, they used a lot of it up. Um, you know, that, that the, the available NIL to them in keeping players in the program. They have a really good team coming back. They have a good nucleus of players. But there wasn't a surplus to go around. And that's going to have to change. And again, I want to go back to saying that's easy for me to say because I can't donate. Okay. And this is, this is people's hard earned money that they take and they donate to put in a collective or they pay a player direct. And I know opinions vary on this. I've talked to several people who some just don't believe in shooting money and putting it in an account that sits there to pay to players to keep them or get players in the program, I'm just saying the mentality going forward has to change. And I do think what you're going to see, you're going to see a stronger push coming up from from the KU administration and you know maybe people in the Williams Fund about to the donors, 
hey, we need your help. I mean, this is going to be a key deal going forward. It's just the way the game is played as we go into 2024, and there's even more eyeballs on it. So bottom line is Lance Leipold is not the head coach at Washington. He's the head coach at Kansas. So the players all reported back today. So, hey, we're moving on. We're going to get into some of the recruiting news that happened this weekend as well. But you had a chance to talk with a couple big prospects in the last several days. We're going to bring listeners some audio of Javier Derrett, a defensive lineman from North Dakota State, talking about his commitment to KU, who is a St. Thomas Aquinas product from Overland Park, Kansas. And we're also going to hear from another Overland Park, Kansas prospect in four-star offensive tackle Andrew Babalola from Blue Valley Northwest about his visit to Lawrence this weekend. First up, we're going to hear from Javier Derrett. Talk about your visit to Kansas, what'd you see there, and just talk about how everything went on the official visit. Oh, man, uh, I mean, just, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, uh, going to school in Kansas, I mean, you know, I knew football wasn't, uh, you know, as good as when I was going to high, in high school, uh, you know, but they, they definitely, uh, picked the program up and I've been watching, you know, obviously, you know, as the rest of the country has, um, you know, I've seen, you know, how good they are and, uh, you know, it just was, seemed like something I would definitely want to be a part of and, you know, close to the home. And, uh, you know, I think Coach Canagos is great, a great coach and, uh, he, he has a great plan for me as a player and, uh, I feel like he can uh, make me into, uh, you know, a really good player, a D lineman, and, uh, you know, help me with my goals of reaching the NFL and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, they just have a, they just have an awesome plan for me, I think, and, uh, you know, to help me, uh, you know, uh, raise my, my ceiling, you know, potential, I think, and, uh, you know, I think that's going to be good for me in the long run. Tell me a little bit about Coach Panagos. What was it like getting to know him and building a relationship with him? Yeah, no, he's awesome. Uh, you know, really, uh, uh, you know, when we first talked, uh, you know, he was really, uh, seemed uh, very excited, uh, to speak with me and, uh, you know, pretty hyped about, you know, obviously he's coming off a big a bowl game win and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a great, you know, we had some great conversations and, uh, you know, I had a great visit with him. Uh, you know, and I just, I just love how he, uh, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, had a plan just about, you know, what he wanted to do with me and how, how he viewed me in this, in their system, uh, you know, and just, uh, you know, just a pretty mild mannered guy, but you know, he could, he, he could tell you definitely has some fire under in him. And, uh, you know, I love that. So growing up and going to school in the Kansas city area and playing at North Dakota state where you're further away from home, how nice is it to know that you're going to get to play your last year where your family and friends can come watch you? Oh man, that's good. That's huge. I mean, that was a, definitely a, uh, a big factor. Um, you know, just getting closer back home and, uh, you know, getting around my people, uh, you know, obviously is going to be, you know, make it a lot easier on them than having to, you know, come all the way up to, uh, North Dakota and, you know, driving eight to, you know, some people even 12 hours, you know, just to come see me play, you know, it's just going to make it a lot more simple on my family. And, uh, you know, just being from this area, you know, it's, uh, Definitely just great to, you know, be back around here. When you started talking with Coach Panagos, what did he tell you he likes about your film and your game? Uh, he just liked how uh, explosive I can be and uh, my twitchiness and obviously just, you know, being an older guy uh, and, you know, that experience, uh, you know, I have. I played in, 
you know, I played a lot of football in the, you know, my years and, uh, you know, he thinks that can be, you know, I can bring something good to the, the line room and, uh, the defense and just, uh, you know, just a, a little bit more, uh, you know, older, mature guy in there just, uh, you know, help, help, you know, bring some of the younger guys along and teach what I know and, uh, you know, keep everybody, you know, going and, you know, bring more energy to the room, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be huge and just, you know, bringing my, uh, you know, winning, winning kind of mentality and, uh, you know, to the room and, you know, just hopefully, uh, pass that along, just that, you know, what it takes to, you know, take us the distance, uh, in late, later in the season. Yeah, and then Javier, my last question for you. I mean, how does it feel to have all this done? I know you had some visits and you went through the recruiting process. It's like a second time going through it. How does just this feel to have it done and know where you're going to school? Uh, it's definitely a weight off my shoulders uh, for sure. Uh, you know, it's uh, it was definitely a, it was a stressful process. Uh, you know, you happen to go through it again twice. It's you know, uh, you know, it's it's a good stress though. Uh, you know, and you know, I'm just happy to, you know, know where I'm going to be. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm really excited to get to work. That was Derek. Now we're going to hear from Andrew Babalola about his weekend visit to Lawrence. Andrew, just tell me about this visit. What was it like? Was there anything different? Or what, what was it like just getting back around the staff? Yeah, so it was good definitely to get back around the staff again, you know, see everybody. Um, but something that I'd say that um, – made the visit special was I got to spend a lot of time with uh, David McComb, actually, uh, the the 25 commit for QB. I got to know him a lot better, know his dad, you know, and as well, I had a lot more in-depth, I had a lot more in-depth conversation with uh, Coach Fuchs and um, as well Coach Grimes in the OC. So I'd say really those three things is what made this trip really special for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I talked to David McComb after his visit, and he mentioned that he had talked with you. How does that help you? as you get a chance to talk to other guys who've chosen Kansas and hear why they did it. Yeah, it definitely helps me, you know, just getting to really know, um, I'd say what kind of recruits that Kansas is targeting, you know what I mean? And there's obviously guys like David, it's definitely going to help, you know, just attract more guys to Kansas. That's probably what I said. I'm sure you had a chance to meet Coach Grimes. What was your impression of being back around him or meeting him for the first time? Yeah, so um, that was my first time getting to meet him. Uh, we had texted previously but like that was my first time ever getting to like meet him face to face and um he's a really good dude you know um he's been to a lot of places in his career and so the first thing i kind of picked up on him was that he had a lot of knowledge you know what i mean so we had a lot of we had a good talk about you know just him at uh baylor you know kind of my upbringing you know his uh recruit the coaching stops you know and so it was good to get to finally meet him yeah so obviously there's been a change in the coaching staff and who recruits your school. I know Grimes is going to be picking up some areas in Kansas City. Have they told you who's going to recruit Blue Valley Northwest? Um, No. So at least for me, I know uh, Coach Fuchs is going to be the one who's going to start coming to my school around. Because I know Coach K, Coach K, he was the one who kind of recruited Blue Valley before. But um, Coach Fuchs, he's going he's gonna to be the one to um, – start coming to my school. I'm not sure about Richmond Valley, but he's coming to my school. I know that. Andrew, you've been to Kansas several times and checked it out and seen the program up close. You know, I'm just curious, what is your sense of the program after being around the coaches and players multiple times? Yeah, um, you can definitely just feel the whole culture shifting. That's probably the biggest thing I'd say. You know, obviously I didn't get to, you know, really be around KU football, you know, before Coach Lightwood and his staff got there, you know, but I obviously knew that it wasn't really in a good state. 
So I probably just say, you know, getting to go around, you know, and see all the changes that the next the program, how invested that the school is to the program, you know, it's been really amazing to see. And as you've been to Kansas so many times, what was it like for you driving in for the visit this weekend and looking over and seeing the stadium gone? Yeah, it was definitely surprising. I mean, we kind of, we just drove in, you know, you could see road clothes on construction, just how different it looks. It definitely, yeah. it definitely was different, but as well as um, uh, Coach Arnello uh, kind of going over their plans for the stadium, their plans for all the new facilities. It was really cool to see all that, yeah. Get us caught up. Where have you been on any visits recently, and do you have anything else coming up? Yeah, so um, I don't have anything on the tw- next weekend because I have – uh, a basketball tournament. Still trying to decide where I'm going on the 27th, but I know 100% I'll be at Tennessee on February 3rd. Yeah. As you go through all of this, I know you've taken visits. I know you've been to Kansas several times. Do you have a timetable to where you'd like to start start thinking about narrowing this down or making a decision, and and what's important to you in the process? Yeah. So as far as narrowing it down, I mean, obviously I'm going to see uh, who all comes in January. You know, because it's the time for coaches to start popping school stuff like that um i definitely i'm not sure i'm going to narrow it down yet but definitely it's going to be sooner rather than later and so um once i probably narrow it down i'm probably like i want to say eight to ten schools and so then after that probably ten and so then after that um i'm gonna start visiting those places uh in march and april and then probably when i get to summer probably on like five to six and so i'll take my visits there Curb, those are two big recruits right there. Obviously, getting Derrick filled a big need at the defensive tackle spot. What do you make of the visits that Babalola has taken to KU? He has been to Lawrence on several occasions, and it really seems like his his interest in the Jayhawks is is legitimate. Yeah, you know, those were uh, you heard from two good recruits right there. Um, you know, Babalola. He's going to get he's going to get interest nationwide. I mean, he's got the frame. He's got the upside. You know, the good news here is, is that, you know, Kansas has stayed on him and they have been consistent and he has been to Lawrence probably more than any other place he's been to. So that is a good sign. The other thing is you heard him say there that Scott Fuchs is handling Blue Valley Northwest. So with Andy Kotelnicki gone, that leaves a void kind of in the Shawnee Missions and the, the Olathas, the Blue Valley, some of the Kansas City schools. So mm-hmm. you heard Babalola say that Scott Fuchs is going to recruit well. I've been able to confirm since I talked in that in that audio, Fuchs is going to stay at Blue Valley Northwest right now. So Jeff Grimes is going to take over a lot of Kotelnik's area. But since Blue Valley Northwest has two linemen there that the Jayhawks are on, Fuchs is going to take that school for this upcoming year. So that's a pretty smart move there by them yes, to do that. Is. So, hey, listen, I think Kansas is in it. With Babalola, I wouldn't be surprised if he's near the top group of schools under consideration. He's he's going to have more. He's going to have a lot. He's he's just got all the characteristics that all the guys look after. And then switching gears, Javier Derrett. I mean, listen, a week ago, I would have never said he. No way did KU have a chance at him. I mean, he goes to Missouri. I guess they ended up starting to slow play him and maybe backed off, went in a different direction. Then you had USC who did offer. He takes a visit there. His old college coach from North Dakota State took a job there. And then next thing you know, some things changed. And KU stayed on him, 
and he comes back to him. So Derrett is a big pickup. He's going to be a guy that they really can help on the interior. You know, you lose Gage Keys, you lose Devin Phillips, and Derrett is going to be a guy they can plug in there, and he'll be in there fighting for a spot. You know, so those are a couple guys, Babalola and Derrett, both guys with local ties, good to get in the program. JK, let's wrap this thing up. I want to give you the floor before we do, though, and get everybody caught up with the latest in the transfer portal and talk about some of the 2025 prospects who are on campus this weekend for Junior Day. Yeah, Randy, I'll I'll tell you, I'll start with a portal because I think that's probably where some some serious progress was made here in the last week. I mean, I think in our last podcast and on the board, we've been talking about, man, the portal's a struggle right now. Okay, mm-hmm. and, and it's going to be, it's good. They're going to have to fight tooth and nail to try to fill some of these spots. And it, a week ago when we were doing this, it didn't look great. And then all of a sudden, the, the staffs kind of rallied. They got Sh- Shane Bumgardner from Tiffin University. Uh, you know, he was just two days ago. He was accepting the award as the for the Remington for the Division Two as the best center in Division Two. They decided late they got to go find a center. I think he was the best available center in the portal, and they were able to get him. I agree. Then, then we just talked about Derrett. You know, he's a huge ad. And then Daryl Simmons, who just committed yesterday. I mean, this kid started over 20 games at Iowa State. I know this year they went in a different direction. They went with a youth movement. But the fact of the matter is, this kid played. this kid's played three years of Big 12 football and had some success, won a starting job at a good program like Iowa State. So, you know, those... Those are three big pickups, especially when you consider where they were and maybe the uphill battle that we had talked about. It looked like they were fighting. So what do they got? Uh, Baumgartner, Derrett, Simmons, uh, Devin Dyes on campus, talented uh, safety from Utah State. His, his brother Jalen's on campus, and we've talked about they're the sons of Jermaine Dye, who played with the Kansas City Royals. Um you know, Devin Dye is a great story. He was in Manhattan on his official visit. He was not planning to visit KU. They were able to get a hold of him, convince him to leave Manhattan Saturday night. <laughs> he drives in, okay? He drives in. They start the visit Sunday morning. He commits to Kansas. I mean, what a great story to to keep the Dye family in there. And then Dylan Woodkey is a defensive end. From Youngstown State, he's already on campus. I know I'm missing somebody. Oh, Deshaun Hanneke. I can't. How can I miss Hanneke? I just talked about Simmons from Iowa State and Deshaun Hanneke. He was the first one to commit athletic tight end. So all of a sudden, they're still. You know, they could still take a DN. They could still keep an eye open on a linebacker. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if there's some lineman that comes out of somewhere, they would have a a spot there. But they they've kind of made a nice little run here, and then. Looking at the visitors, switching over to the high school side, you had, I put a story up on DeZeffin Walker, who's a four-star running back from Ray Peck. Rivals, we've got him ranked right now, is the third best running back in the nation in the 2026 class. Um, Good interview. His dad, man, his dad's a sharp guy. Um, David McComb visited the quarterback who's committed. I thought it was interesting. He told me that, you know, he had a good talk and a good visit there talking with Andrew Babalola, you know, so here's a kid that's committed. He's trying to tell Babalola, Hey, come to Kansas, protect me, you know, be, be my tackle. I was going to say, that's a smart quarterback right there. That's right. And then, uh, Will Tompkins, uh, an offensive lineman from, uh, Cedar Falls and Iowa was in, I know they've done a good job with him. Uh, Jason King, uh, we'll have a story on him, highly recruited linebacker out of DeSmet, 
Uh, another kid that's highly recruited, Cameron Brooks, a defensive tackle from Homewood Flossmore out of Illinois. Uh, Colin Bellamy, a defensive end out of Kennesaw, Georgia, was in. So they had uh, they had one official visitor from the portal, and then they had seven high school guys on campus, which is a great number because it gives you the chance to talk to all these guys and get to know them, to get to know their parents. It's not too mm-hmm. small. It's not too small of a group, and it's not too big of a group. So, and, and you know, Randy, I'll, I'll end with this. You're starting to see some of the, the benefits of winning. And when you win, you're starting to see some of these highly recruited guys make trips to come see you. You're starting to see guys make their trip, get in that car and make the drive for unofficial visits that you probably didn't see two years ago. Okay. They're guys they're getting on campus now. They wouldn't have had, they would probably didn't have the, you know, they didn't have the power. They didn't have the, you know, the portfolio of winning to get some of these kids on campus. And you're seeing that starting to change. That's the final word from our man, John Kirby. And that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. You heard from Shea Wildeboer previewing, excuse me, easy for me to say, a big week of road trips for the Kansas Jayhawks as The men's basketball team prepares to head to Oklahoma State and then to West Virginia. We talked about the almost could have maybe did it. We don't know situation with Lance Leibold and University of Washington. We talked recruiting. We heard from Javier Derrett and Andrew Babalola. You are primed and ready for the week ahead in Kansas athletics. For our man Shea Wildeboer and my man John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from JayhawkSlant.com.